All right, episode 98 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? I had to just kick my brother off the phone because he's just... He went to chat my ear off. I was just chatting. I was like, shit, I've got things to do today. And I am... I was ahead of schedule. And now I'm slightly behind. But it's, it is Sunday, the 9th of December. And, uh, yeah. Just a bit tired because I went to see Nine Nights yesterday. Went to see Nine Night with um, Naomi, my mum, Naomi's mum, and Naomi's grandmother. Family! So, um, no, it's nice though. It's really, really cool show. If you haven't got a ticket to see Nine Night, go and see it. Good theatre production. Um, so, yeah, I just to. Comes highly recommended from me. But, yeah, this week has been a packed week. I feel like a lot has happened, but a lot happened at the earlier end of the week. So, you know, everything just seems like it's really far away. Like, think about that, the Fury Wilder fight. I haven't recorded a podcast since then. Um, so, yeah, but it seems like time, time's time gone. I, I feel like everyone's spoken about that fight. So, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about that. Um, Spurs, Arsenal, again, so much time has passed. Spurs are already above Arsenal again in the league. So, again... Can't even talk about that. We can talk about the banana skin being thrown, whether it's racist or not. Let's let's discuss that. Let's discuss, um, you know, whether throwing the banana skin is racist. It's, it's weird, isn't it, how context works? That chucking, if he had chucked like an apple, which is much harder, much more dangerous than a banana skin, uh, there wouldn't be any chat about about racism because it's banana skin. It's become just come potentially racist. Now this guy says I ain't got a racist bone in my body, but mates are black. That's when I thought, yeah, he's probably racist. You know when they use that old trope and stuff. But then if you aren't racist and you do have black friends, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty good thing to mention when someone accuses you of racism. <laughs> but no, I, I don't. That banana skin thing was weird. I, I, I came up with my own idea of what happened. That he was just eating a banana. And, you know, got angry, whatever is in his hand, he launched it. But then when he gave his story, he said, no, he saw the banana skin on the floor, picked it up, threw it. I didn't really think what it meant. That's when I was like, ah, you probably lied. And your story's unraveled now. Like, who picks up discarded food off the floor to throw at someone? You know I mean, that, there's got to be part of your mind that goes, that's disgusting. I don't want to do that. Doesn't matter how angry I am, that is disgusting. But he, he said he did that. And that's why I think he's a liar. If he just said I had a banana in my hand, and I wasn't thinking what was in my hand, I was through it. Then I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, it was dumb. Shouldn't have done that, but I can I can believe that. But I don't know. Chucking around banana skins. I just, I was, just keep, keep your racism simple, right? That's my campaign for 2019. Next year, keep your racism simple. Like Raheem Sterling, what he had to suffer against um, Chelsea yesterday. Apparently the reports it's been reported to Metropolitan Police and stuff that these fans are just racially abusing Raheem Sterling. See, none of them threw fruit at him. Let's not confuse it. If you're gonna be racist, just, just let people know you're being racist. Straight off the bat. Don't have to work out whether you're actually racist or you're just some kind of clumsy greengrocer. Like I need to I need to know. I hate having to work out racism. That that's my thing. We you know, you get you get dog whistling. Ever heard that, you know, where the racism's at a frequency that it makes you seem like a nutcase or pointing it out because no one else can see it. 
but you know deep down it probably is racist. That kind of shit, can't stand. You know, just, just call me a slur, I can work it out that you've been racist and you don't like me, fine. We can just, we can move on from that. I don't like coded racism, man. Too dumb, too dumb for it. But um, what else happened this week? Uh, what else, what else? Talking about football, you see um, the female Ballon d'Or winner, what's her name, Ada Haderberg, got asked to twerk. By DJ's, was it Martin Solveig? I think his name is. It is thing about that, again, uh, when I watched it, saw it all, I was like, yeah, that's pretty off, mate, asking the woman to twerk. She just won Ballon d'Or and you've now reduced it to twerking. Why? Why have you done that? Would you have asked any of the other people to dance? Like, if she was a man, would you have asked her to do a stupid dance? And then I found out, yeah, that's, that's kind of exactly what he did throughout the whole night. He asked everyone to do some kind of dance. And then I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I don't want to just discard, disregard, discard, disregard, disregard, dismiss. Let's go with dismiss. I don't want to just dismiss the claim of sexism because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, so it's very easy for me to do that. It pissed me off if a white person did that of racism. So I thought, all right. But twerk is a sexualized dance, you know, because you've got girls out there who can't dance have no dancing skill at all they're just on the ground just in the thong shaking butt cheeks twerking i'm twerking and then you know like everything like that you know to reclaim sexualization to reclaim sexual liberation you then have other women exploit other women by charging them money to do twerk classes you know what i mean Oh, strippers, strippers, oh, they're, they're disgusting. They're, I can't believe that the hoes, the strippers can't stand them. And then it's like, sexual liberation, then strip club. No, not strip club, strip class. <laughs> and then you do stripping, then you do pole dancing. And to be fair, all these things do actually have, well, except for twerking, but pole dancing does have skill. Um... But it's just funny, isn't it? It's something it will start off as this kind of seedy sexual thing. Uh, and then, yeah, then a woman will get hold of it, make some money out of it, or more money out of it, and fair enough. If we're exploiting women in the act, so why can't women make some money from it? And then, yeah, do pole classes. But, yeah, twerk classes was I talking about this Ada Haderberg. So, yeah, so twerk is a sexualised dance. So he asked, uh, can you twerk? So why did he choose her to twerk? All the other guys were asked to do some other kind of weird dances. Um, only to have one of her teammates say, Ada is lying. And I know for the fact that she can twerk. So now, is it now just an inside joke that's now been heard from the outside and now it seems ultra offensive because her mum at the time didn't find it offensive until she found out what twerk meant. Um, Ada Haderberg at the time didn't find it offensive until after and she saw the backlash so it's one of those things like if you don't find it offensive in the moment does that mean that you can't find it offensive later on I guess that's not true you know I I remember when I went to um, Barcelona uh, my ex-girlfriend used to live there and my mum asked me so oh you know Spain can can be racist you suffered any racism out there and I was like no not at all and then my ex kind of looked at me, he's like, uh, yes, you have. I was like, what? 
No, I haven't. It's because you just can't speak Spanish. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. She goes, yeah. We were sat on the train. Two guys sat opposite and just went, Cuño Negro. Cuño Negro. You can probably, you know what Negro is, black. And Cuño. Cuño. You can probably guess what that means. So, yeah, that was called, that was called a black C-U-N-T. On the train, to my face. I was like, oh, I've never suffered racism here. <laughs> it's really nice in Barcelona. But yeah, how offense can something be if you don't actually understand it? I don't know. You could be, a, can yeah, that's the thing. You could be a, affected by the racism or sexism, whatever ism it is, but offended by it if you don't understand. Probably not. Um... So, if she didn't understand that being asked to twerk was offensive at the moment, then can she be offended by it later on? I don't know. Maybe. I think she can. I think she can. I think she can. And stuff. But, it's was she? Because it's true. There's sometimes, like, you might have some banter with someone, and that banter can go off-key. Because it's just you two or your friends, or you've got that rapport, it's cool. You have that banter and you do it and you say off key things. But then when someone else is in earshot and they're, wow, you talk to each other. Like, are you going to let him talk to you like that? You now feel that heat rising up underneath your neck. Like, I actually got to have to pull this up. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, mate, don't don't, uh, don't say that to me. And it's like, what? You said I can't ask you to twerk. We were just twerking backstage together. That's how I know you can twerk. No. No, not here. Not in front of all these people. Which, again, I get. I guess it's just a thing of context, isn't it? Just a thing of context. You ask her to twerk when you're in a club, she might laugh and go, yeah, of course I can twerk. Here, boom. Maybe if it's in front of cameras, maybe if it wasn't a moment in her career that's actually like a real milestone based on her skill rather than something as trivial as twerking, it might have been better to not do it there. But, I oh, know, strange job. But talking about the dynamics of like sexism and patriarchy, you see, um, well, just, actually, just thought about Lena Dunham. She's come out and apologised for lying about a woman um, who was basically made an accusation against the director of being raped, and Lena Dunham lied to basically uh, discredit the woman. So Lena Dunham, if you don't know, she's from Girls. She's a lady who. Went at um, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, who, who, did you see his throw? Did you see his touchdown throw? Oh my God, that's amazing. The guy's not on the quarterback. He's a wide receiver. Bam, 50-yard touchdown throw. Straight on. No, no hip rotation. Just pow. Forward throw. No hip rotation. It was wild. I'm actually going to become a New York Giants fan just because of that throw. I need an NFL team to support. So I'm going to be a Giants fan. Maybe. We'll see. But um, yeah, Lena Dunham, she was one who made out that Odell Beckham Jr. didn't talk to her because he didn't find her attractive. He tried to put all this kind of bullshit on him about, you know, he he didn't fancy her. And he was like, yo, I just didn't even see you. I didn't want to talk to you. And then everyone had to remind her about, you know, things like Emmett Teal and those false accusations from a white lady about a black man's motives in her presence. She used to, I'm so sorry, I was really ignorant. And yeah, she's done it again. 
So again, she's shown her ass again when it's come to feminism, where she's now just chucked a, a woman under a bus. Maybe she's chucked this woman under the bus because she's a black woman. That's why she chucked her under the bus at the time. But now she's come out. I'm so sorry I lied. It's like, really? Is that good enough? Because here, to lie is something else. To, to say you don't know, to not back someone who you should back because you don't have the evidence is one thing. But to actually go, all right, I know it's one thing, but I'm going to say it's something else. No, no, you don't have to be... That, that, that goes beyond the, the nuances and the comp- complexities of all these big social issues, right? You know, like somebody who doesn't quite understand racism, but then they hear someone call someone a black cunt and they go, ah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear them say that. When you did hear them say it, he goes beyond the complexities of whether it's racism, whether it's not. You're lying. So when someone's actually accusing someone who of rape, but because I like this person and they give me work, no, nope, they're, they're lying. So you actually lie on that person, and you're meant to be some advocate for one feminism. Two, even if you are advocate for feminism, if you're just a human being and someone's someone's accused someone you know of rape, and your response is, "Nah, I've got to got to back them." You know, fuck you. That's my view on that. So that's what you're leaving. But I isn't what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about Ed Sheeran and Beyonce. I'm sure I say Beyonce and Ed Sheeran. Oh my God, I got it so wrong. I said one before the other. Who knows? Um, but yeah, do you see the controversy? Uh, I can't remember what the event's called. I know the event was in South Africa and they're both on stage together singing the duet and Beyonce looked amazing and magical and wearing this like just outlandish dress because it's Beyonce and she's on stage and she, you know, she dresses to it for the occasion. But then everyone's having to go because Ed Sheeran was just there dressed like he's just come out of a university Everyone's having to go at him for that because he's just in his jeans and T-shirt and trainers while she's dressed in his, like, ball gown. In fact, you see, this this shows you the problem with the world and how the expectation of women is up here and the expectation of men is just down there. He, How dare Ed Sheeran think he can walk on stage like that? I can't believe we've made this society where he just feels comfortable enough to do that. Well, here's the thing. That's his brand. That's his brand. Ed Sheeran doesn't... When has he ever wore a suit on stage? Because at that same time, you've got, like, Take That on X Factor wearing silver blazers. They're dressed up. Why? Because that fits their brand. Is it that hard? How many rappers have you seen turn up to things in just tracksuits? Why? Because it's their brand. Same as Beyonce on one thing when she's doing... What's she doing? When she's Coachella and she's doing the marching band stuff. She was dressed like she was in a marching band. Now she's at this thing, she wants to dress in a dress. Beyonce could come out and dress in a tracksuit if it fitted her song. So I, I don't know. I just feel like that's such a big... I don't, know, I don't want to say it's not a big deal because I get the point. I get the point. Because like the point they... The, the point... That was the headline the article. Then someone else wrote another think piece about it back in it but the evidence they used was actually much more uh the example used was actually much more hard-hitting than the Beyonce and Ed Sheeran one Beyonce and Ed Sheeran they're not equals wait no they're equals but they're they're different they fully are different right because 
They're not coming as two singers on stage. Beyonce is coming as Beyonce. Ed Sheeran's coming as Ed Sheeran. But the example they used was um, I'm a Celebrity with Declan Donnelly, you know, one half of Ant and Deck, and Holly Willoughby. And they're saying about how Holly Willoughby's outfits have basically been detailed and chronicled every single day she's been on screen. There's been a comment and people said, you know, where she's got the outfit from. There's been all blogs about it. And that's what happens. And she has to almost dress up in this kind of hot jungle girl outfit. Whereas Deck, no one can even remember what the guy wears. Now, that's different because they're not coming as Declan Donnelly and Holly Willoughby. They come as co-presenters of the show. They're both the same. Same like if this, if two people are hosting an award show and the woman's in a dress and the guy's in a tracksuit. You're like, what, what is this? No, mate, put on a suit. What are you doing? Same with that. So I get the point. I do get the point that I think there is probably a higher expectation on women and their appearance in the workplace. Um, or no, actually in the public eye, not in the workplace, in the public eye, I would say, because I don't know other people's workplaces, but in the public eye. But I don't think the Beyonce and Ed Sheeran thing was, was the example to use. I don't think that was the evidence of that. Because it's flipping Beyonce, man. Beyonce could dress how the hell she wants. Is Beyonce. Bad. I don't know. Um, what else has happened this week? Yeah, that guy trans age, the Dutch dude who lost his appeal to try and say that he's actually like 41 rather than 61. Um, I mean, I know the trans thing upsets people either either side of the argument, but I think we can all agree that was that's a step too far. <laughs> like, even if I was like really anti-trans, I'd be like. Uh, yeah, guys, guys, we need to, yeah, you need to dial that one back. You can't be trans age. You know what I mean? The, the law, there's a lot of laws based on age. And um, you, can't, you can't be trans age. That'd be flipping wild. The precedent that that would set would be wild. Trans age. Jeez. Um, so you had that, so you lost that pill. What else happened this week? Got an article link here, which must have been good at the time because I've made the link to it. Uh, let's see. All right, got it. Top. Oh, Toy Boy seventy inherits dementia sufferer's entire estate after marrying her in secret. A tax inspector secretly married a dementia sufferer, suffering grandmother, then inherited her entire estate when she died. Uh, months later, whoa. Coleman Folan, now 70, married Joanne Blass, who was 90 at the time. Um, yeah, I guess he's technically a toy boy, but he's 70. Just, ugh. Anyway, at the, t- <laughs> at the time, I suffered severe vascular dementia. In 2015, ceremony, none of her family knew about. Joan's grief-stricken daughter, Daphne Franks, 62, uh, was horrified when she discovered the wedding had taken place three days after her mother died from cancer. The marriage, which came four years after Foden moved into Joan's house. Four years, you know, so it's not really like he's come sweeping in and just manipulated her. Four years sounds like they may have had a legitimate relationship. Let's see. Uh, Moved into Joan's house, voided the will the grandmother of three had written 10 years earlier, which had left 210,000 to Daphne and her brother, Michael, uh, 53. 
The family were left heartbroken when, as next of kin, Foden was placed in control of the funeral arrangements and opted to bury his wife against Jones' wishes to be cremated. Jeez, this guy's just smacking in points all over the place. Just, just FUs all, at every opportunity. Daphne, a teacher, says none of her family were invited to the service, but the man her mother often confused for her carer when she was alive. I'll buy, I'll buy the, sorry, Daphne, a teacher, says none of her family were invited to the service by the man her mother often confused as a carer when she was alive. Daphne, who lived in a house next door to Jones, said mum never seemed to know where he came from. She was repeatedly asking, what is his name? Where did he come from? And where does he live? It's impossible to describe the level of shock and distress we felt on learning of the marriage. We were all in utter shock. Uh, upon Jones' death, um, at the age of 91, Foden inherited her property and all of her possessions. Daphne said, I cannot state too strongly how devastated my mother would have been if she had known that the marriage would disinherit her children. She was an incredibly intelligent woman, a university graduate and teacher and devoted to her family. Foden and Joden met in 2011 when they began chatting at her garden gate. All right. And he moved into her house in Leeds. Where she was a month later. So, I understand. Did this guy really just? Did he move? I can't tell whether it's dodgy or not. I don't know this story's boring me. I don't know why. I didn't realize how fucking long it is. Now nah, I'm abandoning this. This is shit. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, listen, people. You've got old people in your family. Uh, make sure the will's being executed by by someone that you trust. And you love. Um, and not some new not some new guy. If he's some new guy, then, you know, get some gumption about yourself and make sure that he's not taking advantage. Right, what else happened this week? Kevin Hart. Whoa, Oscars. Let's get into that. Kevin Hart. Um, he's not hosting the Oscars anymore because of some tweets from 10 years ago. Um, and, yeah, man. I don't know. Here's my thing about old tweets. If you've got old tweets and your view has changed, there is nothing wrong with apologising. If your view has changed, just apologise. You're a new person. You're more mature. You've experienced life in a different way. There's nothing wrong with apologising about that. Make your, If your apology is sincere, make it sound sincere. All right? Don't all lives matter the apology either. These are the rules. 10 years ago, just go, yeah, look, yeah, I said that 10 years ago. I was young, I was dumb, whatever. You go that route. If your views haven't changed and what you tweeted was a joke and you still think that joke's funny, then what you do is you don't apologise. You double down, maybe. That's what I'd say. I, I would double down if it was a joke that I still found funny. I'd be like, hey, I'm not apologising for this. I'll just keep going. Right, but if someone asked me to apologise because they're going to give me money, I, I'd apologise <laughs> straight away. I'm like, ah, how much are you paying me to host the Oscars? This much. All right, yeah, I'll apologise. Whatever. I'm going to come out after I apologised, after I've hosted and gone. Yeah, do you know what? My, my apology didn't mean anything. I've been paid now. But um, yeah, but Kevin Hart's tweets from several years ago. 
um, talk about homophobic slurs and stuff. Yeah, he's talking about his son. Didn't want his son to be gay. But um, there were, that joke's in one of his specials about his son. That, hey, that's gay. And then he's taking he's taking the mickey because his son's grinding on some other boy. And then he's, yeah, then he takes a piss out of his cell saying that he did the blackest thing because he was eating wigs. He had to like suck the sauce off his fingers first and then scream, no, stop that, that's gay. Now, all right, the joke's funny in, in the context of the show. Um, he tweeted it. So he hasn't, he's lost its context maybe, but everyone's seen the show. So just go, well, I can't say everyone's seen the show. But I'm pretty sure the guys who hired him to host the Oscars have seen his specials. I think they know who Kevin Hart is. So it's just like weird that these tweets have now become an issue for him. But like who did he piss off? But um, well, yeah. But what was his actual apology though? Because I don't think he... Uh, I think he's apologised now, but he's already lost the contract. So for me, it's like, there was no point. There's literally no point of apologising. You're already going to step down. I don't know, man, but I guess the general thing I want to talk about is can you get done for your old tweets? My view is you should be able to be questioned about it. I don't think oh, because you said it and it's 10 years ago, now it means nothing. I don't think that's how history works. But... Are you are we are people able to change in that time? Definitely. And if someone wants to say they've changed, they have. If they said they haven't, then they haven't. But you still have the consequences. Then I just say, for me personally, if you're going to pay me enough money that you want me just to do some absolute lip service, I will do it. I would roll out the lectern, have the rainbow colour flag in the background, like um hi, I just just called this press conference today to say that uh, although I used homophobic slurs I I no longer use those words I uh, I think those words are disgusting I uh, want to apologise to the LGBTQ community I would have given it all of that I would have kissed the gay baby I would have <laughs> I would be like there you go everyone no I'm no longer no longer homophobic my tweets are homophobic but no longer can Oscars you still you still I've still got the gig. Yeah. All right, then. Good. Let's all move on. I, I would have just apologised my way through that because um, I would have won that money. Don't be too prideful where, you know, where you miss out on cash. That's what I'm saying, people. Right. Um, what else? As... Actually, what, is there anything else to explore in that topic, though, but Kevin Hart? Itself. It's Kevin Hart, he's a different type of comedian. He's not like Dave Chappelle where he's meant to just be I said what I said. You know, that's that's Dave Chappelle. I said what I said. Um But I don't know. No, I just think I think Kev did forget that he, he he's rich but he's black. So they will go for you, bro. Sometimes if you're in, in the if you're in Hollywood, you gotta you gotta play you gotta play your part. I think he'll end up in um really end up in the dress in a film soon though. That's always the thing. That's always uh 
rumoured to happen to black comedians, isn't it? <laughs> let's see, though. Um, who's going to host it now, though? Who's going to host it? They're saying, let's get a woman to host it. Um, I think somebody tweeted it. Like, some, some, I can't remember who tweeted it. I hate doing that because it sounds like I've made it up. But someone tweeted, let's get a woman to host it, like any woman. And he's like, all oh, right, okay. Um, so any, any woman, even women who've like murdered and killed people, even like a leader Dunham, like any woman. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I don't think it's any woman then, is it? So shut up. Uh, Nick Cannon went on a little trawl of the internet, pulled out homophobic slurs from Sarah Silverman, Chelsea Handler and Amy Schumer. Just to say, well, what's going to happen to these lot now? I don't know, Nick. I don't know what's going to happen to these women. Because they're not hosting the Oscars. So, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, I think comedy's just, I think it's good that people are getting their voices heard. That's good. Because I, I love France. I love how France has kicked off and just burnt out the whole shit, man. I love that shit in, in Paris. People didn't like it, made their voices heard. So I get that. But then, I also believe that a lot of people, but that's real physical protest. Tweets and cancellations on Twitter aren't. And I think if you just push through, just go, do that well, uh, we don't care. If you really wanted Kevin Hart, they could have just gone, nah, we don't care. He's on the host of the show. Uh, people that watched it, and they would go, all right, well, I guess, guess he's hosting the show. guess my tweets isn't that powerful. I don't know, just like we're giving so much power to to weak people with, with keyboards. Just like, why, why are geeks so powerful now? Like, oh, I don't know. Anyway, let's, um, let's fire out Dear Deirdre. I've got to get ready. I am running way behind schedule today. Um, let's see. Um... Let's go. Let's go. There, there, dry. All right. Here we go. Um, pal after gal. My so-called friend sent my fiance a nude pic and I'm not sure about marrying her now. Why? What does she do? She just received the picture. Unless she did the big old, you know, big old looking eyes and water squirt emojis back to the naked pic. And be like, mmm, I missed this. Then, yeah, okay, you probably should not marry that woman. But from from the headline, I don't think it should be the woman's fault at the moment. But let's let's read on. Let's go. A guy my fiance and I know sent her a Snapchat message. I opened it and saw a picture of a man's manhood. I thought it was probably his. My fiance is 30 and I'm 32. And this friend is my age too. I used to watch football with him down the pub and sometimes my fiancé would come down and we'd all have a drink. I called him straight back. He said they'd been swapping photos like this for a while and my fiancé had been asking to meet him. Just her and him without me. We're due to marry next year. Do I tell her um, I know what's going on? I don't know what to do about marrying her now. Um, yeah, so, I guess, uh, you just probably just don't marry that woman. There you go. Simple as that. Maybe talk to her and go, what, what the fuck's this? Then she'll lie. Then she'll cry. 
then you'll feel bad about making her cry. Uh, then you do you end up apologising? Um, then you end up with her. You end up bringing the wedding forward, and then you end up married to her. That's what will happen to a guy like that. Anyway, threesome with strangers left me pregnant, and I feel it's punishment for cheating. Oh my god, your life's a mess. I had a threesome last month with guys I don't even know. I'm pregnant now, and I so wish I hadn't done it and had stayed faithful instead. Yeah, that's seems like a reasonable thing to think about after a threesome. Um, I'm 23 and my boyfriend is 24. He's loving and kind and deserves so much better than me. Then let him have it. Um, I got the idea from my friend when she showed me this app on her phone, which is all about meeting people for threesomes. I had a fantasy about threesome for a long time. As soon as I had half a chance, I had to look for myself. That night, I was cuddled up in bed with my boyfriend and I jokingly said that we ought to try having a threesome just once. He straight away said just the thought of it had made him feel physically ill. That's because he actually loves you. Every guy would love a threesome. Yep. Straight guy would love a threesome with two women. Why wouldn't he? Great. Let's have some fun. Unless he's old school Jamaican and, you know, and then he won't want to be in a threesome because while one lady's on top of him, his mouth is there for attack and um, he, he wouldn't want to do that. So, maybe not all men, but a lot of men would with two women. Um, is it a threesome if it's two guys and a girl and the guys aren't interacting sexually? You know, they're just high-fiving over her back. Um, maybe. Maybe that's a, a threesome. But, again, both those scenarios. Um, you know, so a woman having two men, she, she'll enjoy that. It's definitely a threesome for a woman if she has two men, even if they're not interacting. But is it a threesome for the men if they're not inter- I don't know. Um, but, yeah. Everyone's having a great time in those situations, but if you actually love someone in else in the threesome, even if you're not together, like just deep down your feelings for them more than what this threesome should be, yeah, it's gonna really hurt you in your chest. Seeing, seeing the person you love being dug out by someone else. Uh, is that we having a good time? Almost having a good time. <laughs> Fight back the tears. <laughs> Oh, God. Let's swap heads. No. I'm leaving. You leave to go for a toilet break. Trying to come back into the bedroom. The door's locked. Guys? 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 You're just hearing furniture just getting shifted across the room. Fuck! She's screaming. You're like, guys, let me back in, please. Um, Anyway. So, uh, he straight away said that just the thought of it had made him physically ill. And so, I, so of course, I knew that I wouldn't be having one involving him. All right. Cool. The next day, he was going away f- uh, for four days with work to a conference. That was my chance. I got chatting with two blokes online and arranged to meet in a hotel. They were a bit older than me, but I can't tell you how awesome it was. And I wanted to meet again while my bloke was away. It was just as exciting second time, but then I thought my boyfriend had felt guilty. Uh, I made up my mind not to do it again, but now I've found out that I'm pregnant. I don't know how it happened, as we used protection during the threesomes. The worst part of it is I don't know who is the dad, my boyfriend, or one of the other guys. 
I feel like this is fate punishing me for being a cheat. I want to confess to my boyfriend, but I don't think he'd forgive me and I couldn't blame him for that. Should I keep the child? Woo, okay, let's go. Um, first thing, did you keep your infidelity with people of the same race? That's one of the, one of the keys to cheating as a lady. You've got to bang people of the same race because, uh, you know, if, if your boyfriend's black and the threesomes with you know a chinese dude and a white dude and and you're and you're white oh it's gonna be a rough one <laughs> and the baby comes out it's like okay now i realize it's jermaine's baby cool then they probably didn't have to confess <laughs> oh baby's come out gregory's baby it's greg's okay greg's baby Fine. Absolute like lottery. Baby roulette. How about that? Do you reckon you can sell that as a game show? Baby roulette. Oh, that'd be good. On on the show, it's just one lady dates seven guys of seven different races. Is there seven races? I don't even know. Seven different backgrounds. She has sex with all of them. In that week. And then after 40 weeks, if she's pregnant, baby roulette. Who is the father? <laughs> I don't know what don't know what the guy earns from that. Um, I'm not sure what the lady gets from that either. She gets a baby. Um, well, almost inevitably single motherhood as well. Anyway, uh, what else is there uh, to talk about in Deirdre? Ooh. Um, So let's see what else. Hey, that's a bit deep. I don't know. I don't know what else. I've, I've, I feel I've read into too much. Let, here we go. Let down by friends. Uh, my friend didn't buy me a wedding gift and it's really bothering me. Um, if you wrote in your invite... Hi guys, anything we want is your presence. Um, that's enough for us. We've got everything we want, so we just want you there to celebrate this day with us. Uh, and go fuck yourself, alright? Because don't be telling me don't be get your present and then cry when I don't get your present. Piss off. Yeah, I've got mates. I've got I've got a wide spectrum of mates who've done it. Some have gone. Look, do you know what? Here's a gift list. Here's the link. Buy us a gift from there. Or just chip in some money towards a gift on that link. Alright, cool. Do that. That's what one uh, set of friends did. Another set of friends just went, yo, we want cash. Just give us money. God, we are all presents. We are the bloody toaster. What, you think we'll be living together for two years not eating toast? Don't give us a fucking toaster. Money. Give us cash. Alright. So let's see what this person said. One of my friends didn't buy me a wedding present and it's really getting to me. I, do, I know I should just let it go, but what really annoyed me is that it was all because she has a new man in her life. How so? I've known her for eight years and in all that time, she has never had a boyfriend. We're both 31. So she gets this gets with this guy and I said he could come to our night and um, do, even though I'd never met him. 
He was so uncool, posting on Facebook that our wedding had a free bar and what a result that is. Nobody else did that. So, yeah, so what's that got? Your friend just didn't want to get you a gift. That's got nothing to do with having a new guy. And the guy sounds like a dick, granted. But, like, yeah. It's got nothing to do with uh, your, your mate having a new guy. I just, just enjoy letting mate just have a new guy. Seems like a bit of a dick. Just be there when they break up. He seems a bit immature. But he might be an alright guy. We've all done that, right? Met someone at the start of the relationship. Like, the start of, like, your friend's relationship with that person. It's like, eh, not too sure. And then, like, a few months later, it's like, ah, shit, I got that wrong. I mean, I didn't think they would still be together. But, hey, it seems like it's working out. So, you know, that happens. But anyway, that is the end of the podcast. That is episode 98. So, next week will be 99. The week after that will be 100, just before Christmas. Oh, God, it's like it, it was all planned. It wasn't. And I'll probably end up messing it up by doing like another podcast midweek and making the one before Christmas 101. But hey, that is the end of the pods. I've been Darren Griffiths, obviously. See you later, Griff's brain dump. And um, oh, if you're about, come to Bethnal Green on Wednesday, stand up for mental health. Um, a massive, massive lineup. A lot of my favourite comedians there. Uh, going for the top, we've got Slim, Axel Blake. Junior Booker, Victor Daniels, uh, Kazim Jamal, Matt Harrison, Icy Jones, Marcus Tisson, Dino Mack, uh, hosted by Christopher Savage, um, me as well, I'm obviously there, uh, Max the Cab Driver, doing the DJ, and, and I think that is everyone that's on the bill. It is a huge packed lineup. Uh, I think it's only like £15 a ticket. All those comedians on. Um, it'll be a really funny night at the Backyard Comedy Club. That is at Bethnal Green. That is Wednesday. I'm not sure if tickets are still available for next Monday, which is the Leicester Square Theatre New Comedian of the Year competition that I'm in. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing that as well. So that's on Monday the 17th. So it'll be a good week of gigs. So come down to any of those shows if you can. It'll be awesome if you can make that, make any of those. And, yeah, uh, yeah, fine. So it'd be better to see you on the Wednesday if, if I had to pick one for you to come down to because I'll get to talk more on that one. I'll get to exp- get to just chat a bit more shit. All right, that is the end of the pod. See you later. I'm running late. Bye.